0: Hello, and welcome to the long-awaited episode 6 of Echoes of Exeser. Thank you so much for your patience. As you know, this pandemic has affected everyone in many different ways, and for me, it was best to take a break and focus on self-care for a while. I'm looking forward to getting back into this season, and I also have a few announcements. First, Echoes of Exeser is back to being my own project, under what I call Elderblade Productions. Cult 1440 is on hiatus for the time being, No hard feelings, it's just that everyone's in a different place right now, personally and creatively. Maybe we'll get the band back together at some point, but for now, it's back to business as usual. Secondly, those who have been listening up until now know I usually take a long break between seasons while I'm writing episodes. However, starting at the end of this season, my intention is to continue releasing content in what I call the off-season. These stories may or may not be tied to the world of X-Caesar, and in fact they may be entirely different genres. No worries if that's not your thing, but if you're wanting to hear more from me while you're waiting for the next season of Echoes, consider giving this a try. Okay, that's all from me. Thanks again for joining me for the return of Echoes of x Stay safe out there. The wind kills a fire. Its ghost, the trailing gray smoke. Lumps of spent kindling. The wind births a fire. Breathes life into the embers. Winds change, and flame grows. (gasps) From Elderblade Productions, this is Echoes of Exesor. Season 3, Episode 6, The Dying Emperors. following six months had been the most grueling of my life. I trained. I ate. I slept. Barely. Each day felt like an extension of the last. The old world I'd known felt like a distant dream. I forced myself to ignore the growing dangers in the rest of Exesor. Queen Songwake seizing power, impending war and destruction. All of it had to be shuffled to the attic of my mind, while I focused on my preparations for Winvarian and his circle. It occurred to me that, in all this time, I'd barely let myself worry for Quinn's health, for the safety of the Miraculous Four. Gods only knew what they were going through right now. Did the Queen catch them? Had Quinn lived long enough to... No, I said to myself as I had nearly every day for the past six months. There would be time to grieve, time to search, time to avenge. After. After I put an end to the masked god's machinations. After I found a way off this accursed island. While Kamiya's people searched the island for the circle, I focused on attuning myself to my new kin, Gaz the monkey and Igneous the golem or, as I had later come to know them, the earthwind twins. Through gaz, I learned to throw blades of sharp wind, create thunderclaps with my hands. sense nearby creatures in the shape of the breeze, igneous allowed me to mold soft earth into crude constructs. Pillars, domes, sinkholes. In sanctuary, I could use both frights interchangeably. But once we left the shade... Their connection to me was dictated by the sun and moons. Gaz vanished at dusk. Igneous crumbled at dawn. Both partners were nothing like Isolde. Gone were the trappings of the mist, the formalities, the strictness. Being kin to Isolde made me feel like I was a soldier in a centuries-long war. She would never let me forget the gravity of what we were doing, the stakes that hung on our success or failure. Nowadays, I felt less like a soldier and more like... a babysitter. Ow! Gaz seethed, his echoes scattering birds into the verdant valleys of sanctuary. His cry of pain halted our training. The monkey had been struck in the head by a stone chip that had fallen from Igneous' chin. Gaz clawed back his mane of jade hair, staring at the golem with righteous indignation. Boulder brain! Gaz blurted. How many times do I have to tell you to shave your shale? The rest of us don't have rock skulls, you know. I watched from afar, rubbing my tired face. Every day, a similar argument. Each time, details were omitted. Igneous' rock only fell after he criticized Gaz's technique. Gaz saw fit to respond by slapping the golem with a wall of wind. This seemed to have slipped Gaz's mind. "'True friends discuss each other's faults, Gaz,' Igneous sighed. "'All I said was you tend to hesitate before countering. A rolling stone gathers no moss.' "'Gods and the puns!' Gaz screamed, pulling his hands down his face in childish angst. "'We get it. You're a golem. Get over yourself. It's not that impressive!' I think we need a break, I started to say. But Inge has cut me off. You dare mock my speech? The lava coursing through the cracks in his body glowed red hot. If any other earth frights heard such disrespect, they'd have you graveling at their feet. Oh, yes, it's all about the heritage with you, isn't it? No one can dare criticize the king of pebbles, can they? I tried again. Really, if we could all just sit down for a... There was a sound like someone shaking a bag of loose gravel as Igneous laughed. (laughs) All I've done is for the good of sanctuary. I could have left long ago, but I chose to stay here and serve Kumiya. I've trained with Vondair for six months now, without complaint. Can you say the same? But Gaz was having none of it. Pretending to wipe fake tears from his face, he wailed. Wah! I'm igneous! I'm so sad! I sacrifice more than anybody! Nobody likes me because I'm a big dumb rock monster! I'll show you a monster... Igneous growled, curling his stone fists. "'Shut up!' I howled. My echo rang throughout the shimmering fields of Sanctuary's conjured grasslands. My companions fell silent. I rounded on them, fuming. I opened my mouth to say... something. I stopped. What could I say? Was I truly expecting the same discipline I'd seen at the Ebon mist?' Most of the frights who lived in Sanctuary were refugees, hiding from Winberian in the circle. These two were strong, but they were not fighters. They'd been training nonstop for six months, just as hard as me. They were tired. And scared. I'm... I'm sorry. I sighed. Walking to the edge of a nearby cliff... I ran my fingers through my hair took in the spellbinding view of the massive waterfalls around us the cloudless sky the vibrant plants gently swaying in the wind it's just I've hardly seen my father since I found him here everyone's been so busy most of my time has been spent locked away in this place in the shade worlds away from the life I knew people I left behind. It's beginning to feel like that life happened to another person. And this threat we're facing, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried. I've seen the army of the dead that Raxo can control. And there's three more kindred out there, just as strong as him. I know we're all tired, but we can't take this lightly. One slightest mishap and it's over. There's too much at stake, Your homes, your lives, the fate of the world, if Kamiya is to be believed. This would be a challenge even for the ebon mist, let alone... I caught myself, but it was too late. My words betrayed my true feelings. Gaz and Igneous weighed my words, and despite the gleam of the sun above, the air around us felt oddly cold. For a moment, no one spoke. Then... Gaz collapsed into tears. His wails barreled off the cliff and joined the crashing waters. I started to go to him. And then I realized there was something off about his cries. As it turned out, they were somewhat less than genuine. (laughs) I'm Claude Von Dare. I'm really sad, too. I used to be cool and edgy, but now I have to team up with weaklings. The ground rumbled softly as Igneous let out a single, <sighs> That's not what I I started to say, but the monkey cried on. I'm so dark and brooding because of my tragic backstory. I better go gaze off a cliff and monologue about my struggles. Another tiny quake. <sighs> he does sound like that, Igneous chuckled. Springboarding to his feet. Gaz dropped the act and jutted a finger at me. Listen, human. We've all got it hard. Iggy and I have been running from Winvarians since the first time we opened our eyes. Since the moment our minds sparked to life, all we've known is to fear our creator. To plan ahead for whatever weird kindred he sends after us. In Sanctuary, we frights like to play a little game with each other. One fright imagines what kind of kindred could kill the other. Then the other thinks about how they'd fight it. Morbid? Yes. Necessary? Yes. We can never assume safety, Igneous added. We must be prepared to fight with every weapon at our disposal. Use the natural terrain against our enemy. Attack their mind if we cannot attack their body. That's right. And we've been at this a lot longer than you. You don't think we're up for this? Well, the feeling's mutual, pal. The Circle eats people like you for breakfast. If Ketra hadn't been at the beach that day, you'd be shambling along with the rest of Raxo's boneheads. So go ahead and climb on down from that pedestal of yours. It's gonna get cold up there. The monkey stormed off to a nearby tree and clambered up into the branches. No words from Igneous just a gentle scrape of stone as he turned his head towards the stream. Speechless, I went to the cliff's edge and sat down, dangling my feet over the precipice. He's right, I thought finally. I did look down on them. After so much time as his Isolde's agent, I'd gotten used to relying on myself, trusting no one leaning on my own resources back then it was the only way I could cope with the horrors of my new life with no memories to comfort me no home or family to rely on I doubled down on my own skills my own competence it was the only card in my hand except it wasn't I did have others in my corner at every turn they were there whether I acknowledged them or not. The salamanders got me out of sunscape. The Miraculous Four helped me defeat Ellipsis. Nyx, Zara, and Leona stood with me against the Inquisitor, even after all I'd done to them. And Quinn. Quinn was there through it all. I gazed down at the bottom of the Valley Falls, A bear was swiping at a fish in the water, but he couldn't quite see through the misty spray. Above it, a falcon took advantage of the situation and swooped in, snatching the fish from under the bear's nose. A thought chimed in my mind. Gentle at first, but like a church bell it reverberated throughout my body. Energized, I stood up and faced my kindred. I've got it, I said. I know how to beat Raxo. Gaz hung down from a branch by his tail. More scrapes of stone, as Igneous faced me. It's a simple plan, I continued, but I can't do it without you. When Raxo and I next met, it was in a place called The Cradle. A natural trench burned into the sea of tangled vines that is the jade death. About ten years ago, the volcano atop Father Snake erupted. Its magma funneled through a crack in a rock formation that shielded most of the jade. Now, the sea is parted by an obsidian tunnel. A jet-black lance piercing the heart of unbridled life. A fitting battleground for the undead. I tracked Raxo down, following the trail of spent bones and cold coins strewn about the island in his wake. He was not exactly keeping a low profile. I let him see me, led the man on a merry chase. It lasted several days. I had help from Gaz and Igneous. During the daytime, I called the wind to my aid. When Raxo got too close, a torrent kept him at bay. When he began to lose my trail, the golem opened a path to help him catch up. I hoped the necromancer did not catch on to what I was doing. With any luck, Raxo simply thought I was being careless. Either way, it was worth the risk. I had to control his pursuit. It was critical that I selected our arena. If we fought in another open space like the beach town, his undead would tear me apart but a narrow corridor would be perfect for what I had planned. It was well past midnight. I sat alone inside the trench, on a small black slab of molten rock. On either side, the charred walls stretched a hundred feet high, barring the jade-death swarm of flora. At the top you could see curls of green, spiked vines drooping over the side, yearning to cross the chasm like a wound in need of stitches in order to close properly. I took deep breaths. Sounds of a million crickets and distant animal chaos filled my ears. Faint brimstone muddled the hot, thick air. Every now and then a rock would come tumbling down the magma wall, crashing into pieces on impact. The duality of this place weighed on me. A good place to die, I thought. And a good place to fight death. It wasn't long before I saw the smoke. Thick columns of onyx speckled with ember, choking the jungle horizon. A wall of heat drew closer, and the earth rumbled as animals fled the destruction. Then, I heard the moaning. Scores of soulless, pained voices... Thousands of joints and ligaments scraping, shambling, snapping. The army of the dead stomped their arrhythmic march down the black trench. Through the jungle fog pierced beacons of scarlet light, shining from the opposite end of the cradle. Raxo's red coins flashed in their skulls, in their stomachs, in their chests where their hearts used to be. The jungle burned behind them, a sacrifice to feed their unnatural lives. At the front of the vanguard was the man of the hour, Raxo, kin of the dying emperors. He flipped his personal coin incessantly, catching the firelight behind it each time. The rubies of his charred skull mask charged with blood-red light. He raised a bandaged fist suddenly, and his undead army lurched to a halt. He stood about a hundred feet away from me. I could not see his face, but I knew he was smiling. His shoulders began to jostle, and amidst the chaos his laughter rose. You led me on a merry chase, sir, he called out. But I am glad to see you have stopped running and accepted your fate. I rose from my seat, stepping slowly through the fog. I stretched my arms out wide, as if taking in the scene Raxo had set. All this for me, Raxo? Seems a bit much. I'd rather settle this man to man. I promise to go easy on you. Raxo grunted, looking behind himself in mock confusion. Hmm? Oh, they're not all for you, my friend. You think too highly of yourself. No. Therefore, Kumia, for the people of Sanctuary, after you tell me how to get there. And why would I do that? The necromancer shrugged, palming his coin back and forth in his hands. I find people will surprise themselves when they're being torn limb from limb. My hands balled into fists. I know you want the child, I said lowly. You're not getting her. Ah, tis not for the likes of you and me to decide. Raxo waved his hand theatrically at the night sky. It's in the stars. The gods will. I've met some gods. They're not much to write home about. Truly? Raxo snapped his fingers. Immediately, The front line of undead soldiers screeched skyward in unison. A second snap, and they healed. Hungry gazes once again fixed on me. That's funny, because mine is quite something. I've spent my life fighting wars, losing brothers and sisters again and again for causes of petty kings and warlords. When my war crimes got me exiled, I was lost. Without purpose, I even considered throwing myself into the ocean, ending it all. When Varian gave me purpose once again, gave me power beyond my dreams. Now, I fight again. Only this time, my shield kin will never fall. This time, death is my weapon. Is that how you really feel? I took several more steps through the fog, arms still spread. The rotten stink of animated carcasses began to assail my nose and eyes. I heard you on the beach, talking to someone. I know it was him. All is more, never enough. For such a generous God, when very certainly demands a lot from you, doesn't he? Only because he knows I can deliver, Rexo preened. It's simple. I get him the child, and I get to sail away from here with my new friends. And with this power, I show Exesar what happens when you push a fighter too far. Strange as it was, I felt an odd kinship with him in that moment. I was no stranger to the feeling of being a pawn in someone else's game. Stepping closer still, I offered my hand to Raxil. We don't have to do this, I said gently. There is another way. I've seen that look before, that yearning just behind your eyes. You're a prisoner to this power. When Varian doesn't care about you, only what you can do for him... Call off your horde and come with me. We can win our freedom together. For a moment, I thought I'd gotten through. Raxo tilted his mask face towards the ground, still as a statue. Then, he pocketed his coin, reached up, and untied the straps of his mask. It dangled by the straps in his right hand as Raxo lifted his head, showing me his true face or what was left of it. A ruined wasteland of scars and burns, half an ear missing, one eye sewn shut, swellings in the nose and jawbone indicating numerous breaks. His remaining good eye was so brown it was nearly black, but there was the fiery red ring around the iris, indicative of those native to the kingdom of Wrath. For the briefest moment, I could swear I saw a watery sheen dowsing the ring of fire in his eye. He blinked, and a moment later his lone eye was hard and dry as stone. Perhaps you didn't understand, he hissed. I fought the Urso during the rebellions. When that was done, I fought with Wrath against the draylish in the Candlelight War. As a reward, I then got to watch my brothers and sisters die, fighting Queen Songwig's tyranny. Kill after kill, loss after loss. I should have died a thousand times, and yet here I am. Alive, damn all the gods. You want to show me a life beyond death? I am death. So keep showing me mercy, you simpering coward. I'll cut you down. And anyone who gets in my way. If Winvarian wishes, I'll even smash the little brat's brains in where she lies. Because that's what this world deserves. I didn't ask to become a monster. But at least the god of masks gave me teeth. He put his mask back on and raised his arms into the air, beckoning. So, are we doing this? Behind him, the fires burned. The dead yapped and chittered. Denizens of the jungle brayed and galloped. Ash and heat and smoke thickened the air. I let out a deep, mournful sigh as I stared with pity at this masked monster, the kin of dying embers, another wounded soldier. Then I thrust my open hand straight into the air. Yes. I murmured. I closed my fist and brought the sky down upon him. A chorus of beleaguered snaps and creaks filled the chasm. Raxo looked up in time to see the trees on either side of the cradle begin to tilt over the edge. Fissures needled through the blackened cliffside. Animals took flight. The trees' shadows loomed over the undead army like the reaper himself. With an earthy pop, Roots burst from the loam, and like javelins, the trees fell towards the ground. Panicked, Raxo swept his hands forward, commanding his shamblers to dodge the volleys. Obediently, they moved, but too slowly. The first trunk slammed down onto a wide swath of undead, scattering bone and gristle and red coins into the sky like shrapnel. Several more trees followed, each one a cannon against the ground. The cradle shook, and the walls around us cried out in a manic rumble. What remained of Raxo's undead clambered over the trees, earth, and their broken brethren. Despite the theatrics, my attack was only a half measure. More than half remained, about sixty by my loose estimation. When the dust cleared, Raxo turned on me. His breathing was heavy and his head twitched around with wonder. I'd managed to startle him at the very least. Nevertheless, coolness iced over his body once again. He drew his sword as he called out, voice and blade cleaving through the fog. Friends, I'm afraid the tourist has overstayed his welcome. They came for me, fleshless femurs hurtling them forward a wave of hungry, rotted teeth inside mindless skulls. They closed the distance between us quickly, too quickly. These undead moved much faster than the ones on the beach. I fought the urge to run. My eyes flickered upward, toward the top of the now-ruined cliffside. My heartbeats melted together. Something was wrong. Phase two, I thought, as if trying to will it into existence. Come on, Igneous. Where's phase two? Raxo's legion were seconds from me. Hammering down my worry, I slashed an arc through the air with my arms. A meager rock wall punched through the earth, forming a barrier between myself and the horde. It mattered not. Already I could hear them on the other side, clawing atop one another. I'd bought myself a breath, nothing more. Again, I scanned the cliff's edge. Nothing. I weighed my options. The cradle stretched for miles. Fleeing would be useless. I could fight, but with Igneous so far away, my powers would be limited. I'd take out a dozen at best before they overtook me. I grit my teeth, squaring myself for the inevitable. This wasn't how it was supposed to go. The first of the skeletons cleared the rock wall. I balled my fists, preparing to launch another pillar. I swept my leg back, but something caught it. Something cold. Suddenly, I felt myself reeling backwards. A dozen cold hands gripped my body, wrestling me to the ground. Wildly, I flailed, watching half a dozen corpses wrench themselves out of the volcanic floor. They pinned me down, while the others leapt from the stone wall to join us. I winced in horror as I felt the rancid, icy breath of two corpses on either side of my face. I was immobilized, but the undead made no further move, not until I heard a familiar coin flip from beyond the rock wall. Raxo surfaced, standing on the rickety backs of two of his thralls. I'm impressed. I can almost see why Winvarian Varian calls you a threat. Almost. Now, be a good meat sack and point us towards Sanctuary. I felt the rattling bone fingers tighten around my limbs. The corpses shifted their weight away from me, their arms locking straight as pistons. I knew what was coming next. Fear stole my face. I couldn't hold it back. in the face of death itself. And yet, here at the end, a flicker of warmth entered my mind. Thoughts of my father, of Gaz and Agnius, of Ketra and the child. The found family that took me in these last six months. A young family, yes, but one I would gladly die to protect. I forced my reply through catching breaths and chattering teeth. I just want to say... My neck's been awful tight lately. Think we can spend some extra time there today? Work out the kinks? A knowing grin flickered on Raxo's face. I'll see what I can do. He snapped his fingers. Instantly, my limbs were pulled in opposite directions. I screamed, feeling the wet crack of my shoulders dislocating. The pain nearly snuffed out my consciousness. The biting brought me back, frozen teeth sinking into my flesh. Not to devour, not yet, but to hurt. I let slip a wild howl as tears streamed down my face. Raxo's laughter drowned it out. (sighs) The audacity, he challenged from above, to challenge a god, to stand against Fate Incarnate. Who do you think you are? Slam. The blow came from deep within the cliffside. A shockwave shook the black walls of the valley around us. Where before there had been hairline fissures, great earthen scars were cleaved. The scars stretched and tore until finally the walls gave away completely. A black avalanche spilled from both sides as the cradle fell. A sharp force jutted up from the ground beneath me. A pillar of earth carried me upward, knocking my undead captors loose. I sat up, looking down as the rest of Raxo's army were swallowed up by the obsidian tide. Raxo fled across the top of my rock barrier, trying to reach higher ground before he, too, was swept away. He needn't have worried. A great stone hand snatched him from below. Holding Necromancer tight in his grasp, Igneous the Golem calmly climbed a series of self-made pillars to the top of the cradle's cliffside. Adrenaline surged within me. For a brief moment, I forgot the overwhelming pain in my arms. My very real brush with death, Something overtook me. A feeling I'd missed since I last parted with azolt Was it power? No, although that certainly helped. No, the swelling in my heart was something I hadn't felt in six months. Hope. Hope that against all odds, we could win against fate. Against even the god of fate. As Igneous held up a flailing Raxo for me to see... I sprang to my feet, yelling from atop my pillar across the undead's final grave. My name is Claude Von Der, and I'm back. Echoes of x is written, produced, and performed by Nick Walker. Sound effects courtesy of GarageBand and Freesound.org. Outro song by Brittany Rea, also known as Music Speak on SoundCloud. For questions or comments, email us at echosofexeaser at gmail.com.